glint of something slightly dangerous or slightly unhinged in his eye. You probably have to have that to face Dan Ronaldo, and he has done that, and he's got all the cards now. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. The Football Kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Welcome, welcome along to the football kickoff with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm delighted to welcome David Connolly and Phil Egan to the show this week. Phil's in studio with us. David is on the line. David, good afternoon. Good morning to you. How are you? Okay. Yeah, we're all good here as well. Um, the five games we're talking about: Leicester versus Manchester City is the early kickoff, half past twelve on BT Sport tomorrow. That's Saturday, the 29th of October. It's one of the busiest football Saturdays I can remember in a long, long time. Newcastle Villa is three o'clock on Premier Sports. Fulham Everton is five fifty on Sky Sports, and Liverpool Leeds is seven forty-five on Sky Sports. That's all Saturday, and then on Sunday, Manchester United versus West Ham is the fifth game we're going to talk about on the show this morning. That's Sunday at four fifteen on Sky Sports. Richie McCormack and Kenny Cunningham will be on commentary duty for that one. Uh, one of the things we want to talk to you about, David, was um, penalties uh, in the aftermath of Riyad Mahrez's difficulties uh, during the week. Um, what well, so? Do you just take Riyad Mahrez off them? Are they leaving him on because they're like a little bit concerned about his confidence and they think this might be a chance to get him back up? How do you fix that? Uh, good, good question. Look, as someone who has missed his fair share and obviously a big one at that, you know, for Ireland, um, penalties is... I mean, look, some players can make it look so easy. Ivan Tony, you know, in the Premier League, seems to have his technique absolutely spot on. For for Riyad, obviously he's had quite a lot of misses. I, I, I'm not too sure why they continue with him. Maybe, like you say, it is a little bit of confidence. But I could also look at West Ham. I mean, a couple of penalties. You think, right, Mikel Antonio, you know, he even won one the other night and he still didn't take the penalty as a striker. I mean, I sort of... I, I, I hoped that we would get a penalty because you nick a goal from a penalty and then it gets you off on a little run. Um, as it is for, for Mahrez, it's unusual because obviously he's found it difficult to be a regular there anyway. So, um, uh, I don't know. Who else could have needed a goal that was on the pitch or, you you, you know, you just flit it around? It's a difficult one. But, uh, I mean, look, unfortunately, I'm no expert. What I do know is, because I miss quite a lot, is that, you know, you can try and perfect it in training and just try and get that ball as much or as far in the corners as you can and, and obviously Mahrez is wasn't Did you miss a lot? I, I missed a few I wouldn't say a lot but I did miss a few but nonetheless you know it didn't kind of deter me because I think some players just will not go near a penalty they don't they don't want a penalty and I think that's fair enough but I think others who, who, who do want to take it, as I said, it can get you off on a little goal-scoring run. That's why I'd be more inclined to have it as a maybe a striker. Like like I said, for, for West Ham and Mikel Antonio, when he, especially when he won a penalty the other night, if it was him, I would have been saying, right, that is mine. I'm, you know, Let me take that and, and it might get me off on a little goal-scoring run. I vaguely remember Thierry Henry having a thing where if he won the penalty, Pires would take it, but otherwise he would take it. Yeah, uh, we've yeah we've had that in the past. I think Lampard and Di Canio. I don't know if you remember those two had a real. I mean, Phil will probably remember they had a they had a tug of war over yeah. that ball. You know, so I mean, um, but no, I think it is. I got to say, I think for goal scorers, it can be a good way to get them like get them going and get them off the mark. Yeah, there's whenever you see two players tussle over a ball, you just think it's not a good idea. One that springs to mind is Kevin Morales took one for Everton 
and Leighton Baines is on the pitch and Morales missed I remember Jordan Henderson and Balotelli Balotelli said give me the ball and Balotelli obviously just stroked it in brilliant penalty taker there's certain players that when they're step, stepping over a penalty you know they're going to score Ivan Tony, I think Ivan Tony is so good at penalties if I'm Gareth Southgate I bring him you think of what he did in the Euros final when he brought on specific will he do it again will he do it again but imagine that was where the run ended yeah but it, uh, the Mares one is interesting he was the one that actually got fouled it was debatable if he was fouled by Emery Chan the other night but he, I was looking at his stats for penalties he scored 10 from 14 but the four misses have come very recently uh, obviously the, the last two in the Champions League the one at West Ham last season and then he skied one at Anfield to win a game when oh, they, yeah. they, they had a penalty very late on it was a nil all draw but Gundogan was on the pitch the other night I thought maybe he'd be the one to take one but he missed one at Anfield a few years ago they've, that's the thing they've all missed them you, the you, has missed one you probably shouldn't expect to have a 100% record right? no but and when a player misses more than one it's like okay you're out of the rotation for at least a few months yeah well, if they get one tomorrow, if Erling Haaland isn't on the pitch, I'm thinking Gundogan will probably take one. So as we're as we're broadcasting this now, we're uncertain about whether or not he will be on the pitch. There's like the lingering yeah, foot injury. Hey, you know who, who out of all the players I would have taken the penalty out of all of them? It, it, the one player who will be on the pitch, I'd have Edison. Yeah, no. I mean, if there's a better ball striker <laughs> in that Man City team who'd probably take the you know take the net off. It, it would be Edison, but I, look, I doubt. I doubt that would. I doubt that would happen because, uh, you, you know. But I guess consistently, when you have someone who's a consistent penalty taker playing week in week out, like a an Ivan Tony, you know, their technique is owned. They're always, you know, they're, they're, they're ready for every week. They're probably taking them in, in training the day before. Whereas when you kind of spread the penalty taking around, I don't know. Sometimes. I'm not too sure it works. Let's get into the game then. Leicester versus Manchester City is half 12 on BT Sports. These early kickoffs have, um, you know, they've thrown up some pretty interesting results in recent weeks, like last week. Yeah. They, well, Liverpool, I, I know we'll talk about them later. They just, uh, when I watch them at half 12, it's like somebody forgot to tell them that they're on. But you wouldn't imagine with City that that'll be an issue. And this is a good test for Leicester because they've tightened things up. They're sitting a little bit deeper. Vout Fast has been a very good acquisition for them, the, the Belgian defender. And they have pace that they can do it on the break. So you'd imagine Brendan Rodgers will go with the same approach tomorrow. And they have caused... Has the goalkeeper got better, miraculously? He has looked a bit more comfortable, but he's had more protection. I Ask me that maybe at about half two tomorrow. And I could say, no, it turns out Danny Ward is still struggling. What have you made of the recent uptick in form from Leicester, David? Because the the noise around was that they were going to get rid of Brendan Rodgers, that it was game to game, and it's very difficult to make a recovery from that. But they have made a recovery. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, I feel like if they were to sack him, they'd have to pay him up, and then they'd need another manager, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, there's a lot to take into account, right? But... Cut long story short, they've got some really, really good players, um, you know, and I, I don't think it's a coincidence, say, once everyone is back fit, 
playing. He's he's got his regular players playing football. You know, Harvey Barnes, for example, is class. You know, make no mistake, he, he, he's excellent. He was brilliant against Leeds as well the week before. He got he got another goal against Wolves. You know, Tielemans. Um, you know, they've got so many good players. Obviously, Vardy grabbing a goal, which is really important for him. But, look, and we all talk about Madison. I, I think out of all the games, as we know, Danny Ward is going to have to play really well tomorrow. I know he's got, what, four clean sheets in five, but prior to that, he was really, really, really struggling. He's going to face a barrage of shots tomorrow. You know, let's see how they get on. I, I think this is it's still going to be a difficult game, a very difficult game. Yeah, will will Mahrez play, for example, I wonder, against Leicester? You know, that would be interesting. Will he start him again against his former team? Um you know, but nonetheless, I think those victories for Leicester have just eased the pressure because now they can go into this game knowing that, well, if they do lose, it's kind of an, an expected loss, right? And I think as long as they put up a good performance, I, I, I think the fans are, are certainly a, a lot more content. Yeah, it, it feels like there's been a, you know, it can go pear-shaped, it can get absolutely spanked and that could lead to demoralising, uh, demoralisation of confidence and all that kind of stuff. But as it stands, I think Brendan Rodgers is more, more likely than not to still be there through the World Cup and then he'll have the January transfer window to hopefully do some work with the rest of the squad and, and maybe get a new goalkeeper. Well, say that right but you know like, like everyone the, the owner there has been hit massively w- w- like financially there is there is no money there apparently that's why Schmeichel left because he was offered a three year deal on, on the same sort of money as he was at Leicester they couldn't they couldn't give him more than a year I'm not too sure there is that much money around. I'm, I'm being honest. So, uh, you know, uh, 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 it might be more of a case for them. Do they, can they hold on to some of those players, your Madisons and your Tielemans, if they got a, yeah. a decent offer well, for them, rather well, than go, we're going to buy again? I'm, I'm not too sure they can buy again. Well, maybe there'll be an offer made for Brendan Rodgers. Like, we, it's very interesting that Villa have paid five million release clause, and it could have been anything between ten and thirty million for the sporting manager that was quoted, depending on the stage of the contract it was and, and what you read. That there's now a transfer market for good managers, and if like if Rodgers was to transfer the recent form and sustain it, you can see one of those clubs who are slightly above them or slightly below them in the table, maybe taking advantage of the fact that they're broke. Yeah. Also, as well, World Cup is the the time to to make the change, bring them in, and all the clubs will have little mini pre seasons to get them back up to speed before the the season resumes, and that would be a very opportune time to bring in yeah. a new manager. But I I think he's definitely weathered the storm, Brendan Rodgers. Those two players, Tielemans obviously hasn't signed this new deal, and Madison, Newcastle have been linked with Madison a few times, and we obviously know Newcastle have money now where. Yeah they could attract somebody like Madison. So that game is uh, half 12 tomorrow. The three o'clock kickoff is on Premier Sports. This is Newcastle against Aston Villa. You were saying it's a sliding doors moment really where Unai Emery could have been the Newcastle manager. There was um, an, an issue around the release and all that kind of stuff but it seemed like he was definitely interested. They, they, they went nine-tenths of the way to him getting the gig. He won't start officially at Villa until next week but um, I'm sure he'll be keeping a very close eye on this, Phil. Absolutely. And... You're, if you're Aaron Danks you just say look just do what you did last week yeah. Yeah. Um, but one thing Newcastle have done very well under Eddie Howe is they've made St James's Park a really hard place to go and they're in the top four for a reason um, and you would expect Newcastle to win but if Villa go there and win a penny for Stephen Gerrard's thoughts if they go back to back whatever about the Brentford win winning away to Newcastle would be a statement win for Aston Villa and I'm sure Unai Emery would be skipping into work on Tuesday morning 
Yeah, I suspect um, Newcastle will have enough for them. Uh, but the ebullience of the first 15 minutes of the performance at Villa Park last week, David, shocked a lot of people. Uh, mm. I, I saw a lot of people criticising the Villa players for quitting on Steven Gerrard. Maybe they were just free from the burden of his angry persona. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's always difficult because, you know, I've been on both sides of this of this fence, you know, where you've been a player and the manager goes and it's all the players' fault if things improve. And, and, and sometimes in the media, you everyone wants to say the right thing, right? Blame the players when, you know, uh, sometimes it isn't always the players' fault. I look at a couple of things that Aaron did and it wasn't rocket science if you've seen how they played of late. I mean, Ollie Watkins... When he started at Exeter, I was working at Bristol City, and I think he cost one and a half million in the end um, uh, to to to, um, to Brentford. But Bristol City wouldn't pay the one and a half, right? But he, he came through as a winger, and he can run his socks off, and he can work really, really hard. No surprise, Banks puts him wide because I mean that's a position he's known his whole life. You know, he then puts what Danny Ings was top goal scorer, joint top goal scorer in the Premier League a couple of seasons ago, puts him down through the middle. I mean, you know, a really workmanlike, energetic team with who know their jobs in positions that isn't, you know, I, I don't think it was, it, it was more than just, it seemed more than just positional, it also seemed a combination of positional and maybe just I don't know. Uh, we don't know how Stephen works, right? Stephen Joel, we don't really know what it was like on the training ground day to day. We don't really know that. So, but, but as it is, it seemed like the pressure was off. Saying that, Brentford on their day can be really bad, but yeah. they can also be really good. And I think maybe they, they, they just, I don't know, just blitzed them in the opening period. And, and, and that obviously helped you know, get the three points. It was a little bit fluky. Like, there's no, there's no doubt about it. It was a little bit fluky. Like, the, the performance all came at that one moment and everybody yeah. played really well for the first time in a long time. Plus, it's, you know, a better structure and a freedom and, and no responsibility. Yeah. Like, Is there a case, though, David, where there is a manager in place and when they leave, it just lifts the mood? And Yeah, I'm not like, specifically yeah. talking about Stephen Gerrard. I, I think back to even, look at when Solskjaer took over and Mourinho had left. It was almost the case with the United players the, there was the, the handbrake was released and it was like, oh, thank God we don't have to listen to him anymore. We can start enjoying our football again. Yeah, yeah, that, absolutely that can be the case. That's what I mean. But you can't, you know, these issues, we, we've had this last week in terms of talking about Ronaldo and the management of players. I mean, they're not robots, right? You know, these are human beings. And, and you know, it, it is... It is easy to blame the players, but obviously football and, and team sports is far more complex than, than just saying, you know, they're out of form or they weren't trying for the manager. You know, it's far more complex than that to get these top athletes, top players playing to the peak of their, you know, peak of their, their power, which look, on their day Villa <clears throat> should be should be pushing for that top 10, right? <clears throat> they should be beating Brentford. You know, shouldn't they? They should. In yeah, all yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah, especially yeah, with the money that they spent. Yeah. Yeah, man for man, player for player. And the way that, that should be. No, yeah, that should. But that should be no real surprise. So they're they're now playing at the at the level that they that they should be playing at. And the challenge will be going to Villa. He'll need another energetic team. That they'll, they'll have to work really, really hard. You know, he probably won't be bringing in. Coutinho, for example, because he'll need legs in and around the pitch to run around. Not too sure of bringing McGinn either. You know, will he go for the same settled team? You know, you'd assume he probably would. 
Well, that makes sense. Um, Phil asked a good question before we came on. What does success look like for Villa under Unai Emery for the rest of this season? Oh, good question. Um, well, you know, I think they've got a top operator there, like a top, top, top manager. Um, what would it be? I don't know. Breaking into the top ten, then after that, you know, could they could they challenge for seventh? I, I, you know, that would be me. First off, top ten. Can you get top ten after that? I think I think the players they've got on their day, as I said, I, I think they should easily be a top ten if not challenging for Europa League place. Even this season, what, like before? Yeah. yeah, right. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, I mean, look, there's what? How many points left? Twenty-eight games left. Maybe you know, do the math. Yeah, uh, and seventy the, odd points. And you the, know, eighty points. And you know, the the mini mid-season pre-season that everybody's going to get is probably an unaccounted for factor. Villa have got yeah. in before that. He'll have that period of time. Not that many of their players will be at the well, World Cup. Exactly, and I tell you, I know what Phil thinks, but the fact that they've even gone to pay a release clause. I think is in some ways is heartening if you're a Villa fan because this isn't a manager who was maybe on the side sacked from somewhere else and they've taken what's available. They've gone out, targeted him, you know, know his claws and think, well, that is a price worth paying. I think if you're a Villa fan, you know that you haven't taken they haven't taken an easy option in. They've gone and got the, the best man for the job that that they could get in a job, which I think is. Uh, I think if you're a Villa fan, I I, I know there's some people going, oh, is he? As if he's maybe not what uh, not what they were hoping for, or maybe uh, Champions League semi-final coach. Thanks very yeah. much. Yeah, you're yeah. Europa League yeah. winner manager. I, yeah. I think we, it's you can't judge Unai Emery on what he did at Arsenal because at the time I think Arsenal were like they weren't in a good place. Um, he started well, but as soon as things started to go wrong, now he did have things that he did wrong at Arsenal where you, you were left scratching your head in terms of. Um, man management tactics that kind of thing one thing that would worry me sometimes about him is when they go ahead in games that he almost tries to show conservative yeah yeah. and look that that can work if you've got really good counter-attacking players then that's fine and you can pick teams off but I think it is a it's an exciting appointment for for Villa and I know Jared we were talking about this before the show as well like Cup Cup runs. Yeah. He's obviously proven that he's a very good cup manager. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Wilson was on during the week saying that um, those two legged ties is, is something that he's excellent at, like really working out what the opposition do and then uh, counteracting that. So let's move on. Fulham against Everton is on uh, Sky Sports on Saturday afternoon at half past five. Um, Fulham are doing really well. They are. They were in my bottom three at the start of the season. They obviously were very impressive on the first weekend against Liverpool, but I almost put it down to more Liverpool being bad but Fulham have had some really good results this season obviously down to Mitrovic now let's see how things pan out for them because we've seen this with some promoted teams they start well and then they start to run out of steam as the second half of the season kicks in and they they usually can hang on so they look like they're primed to stay in the the top flight but also to add a bit of spice to it obviously Marco Silva's back at Everton one season with them, full season, he finished eighth. Then the following December, he was gone after they got spanked in the Merseyside derby. They'd be and happy with eighth now, wouldn't they? They would absolutely love it. But um, Everton have shown promising signs as well under Frank Lampard. I yeah. know an Everton fan was at the game last week and said it was incredible to be at a game at Goodison Park where things were so comfortable. Like, mm. hasn't happened for a while. 
and a lot of that might have had to do with the players coming back from injury and they seem to be coming back from injury into a style of play that everybody understands what they're doing so you'd have to give Frank Lampard a lot of credit the the doubts about him after Chelsea were probably quite fair but he seems to have turned this around he's got now the relegation survival on his CV yeah. and he started to build come through a very sticky patch of injuries at the start of the season and um, they're definitely going to be safe this year so um, they were recruited well yeah yeah, and, and they're all they're all fitting into the team quickly, yeah. which again is a sign of a, a good manager. So, what do you expect to happen here, David? Yeah, I think this is going to be a look. There's a lot of good matchups here because if you're, if you're Everton, you go up say Cody Tarkovsky, Harrigan, and Man Mark uh, Mitrovic, because no matter what you say, he is when he's in the box, right? He is a he is a man mountain. He is absolutely impossible to mark. He's got the muscle. He's, he's, he's got the technique. He's a penalty box master. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. A master in the box. So how does Cody and Tarkovsky deal with him? That'll be the, the real issue. And then at the other end, you've got Calvert-Lewin up against Tim Ream and, um, and Tosin. And, you know, if, if Dominic now back fit, he's got a goal. I, I tell you what, at both ends of the pitch, you just wonder that's where, obviously, as in most games, the game will be won. But, you know, uh, it, it'll be interesting how, how both sets of centre-halves deal with the strikers because for both teams, I think both strikers, obviously, are so important to them. All right, late Saturday game, 7.45 kickoff, Liverpool versus Leeds. This one also on Sky Sports. Uh, the Liverpool, the truth of where they are at the moment, they're a Champions League team who are maybe going to be excellent in those uh, knockout games from now on they're going to have to try and scrap to get fourth but they're not going to resurrect a title challenge is that fair? Oh yeah I think that's I think the, the title is is long gone I think even before they beat City that was, was they, long gone Yeah I think it was gone before they beat yeah. City and then you're like oh, they've got a chance if they could just go on a mad run and win 15 games in a row and then yeah. oh like, Forrest I think, I think there's Liverpool have to accept that there's going to be inconsistencies because the starting 11s that he's having to put out if you look at the starting 11 that he put out against Forrest last week when you saw it you thought this could be a tricky afternoon because the likes of Fabio Carvalho Harvey Elliott Curtis Jones to bring these players on usually they're going to be part of a stronger team but it's rare that they're going to be all starting together unless it's a League Cup game Yeah, that to me last week looked like a League Cup starting 11 that's not Klopp's fault because that's all he could choose from I mean, people might say, well, it is his fault. Maybe the training regime, there's something wrong with that because they're picking up so many injuries. But Luis Diaz didn't get injured training. He got injured in the Arsenal game. Jota got injured against City. It was it was a muscle injury. But I think that's just where Liverpool are at. Kanata looks like he'd be back for it. He was on the bench the other night. Talk to us about the way they're playing. Well, they're playing 4-4-2 now. And he, Klopp talked about the, the diamond formation. But I know... When Stephen Doyle was doing the get the City game for us, he said it to me the next day. He was like, Liverpool were playing a diamond formation against City at times. Fabinho obviously at the base, Firmino at the tip of it. And then that allows you had to have, well, now it would be Salah and Nunes as your, your two front players. Essentially. Klopp, yeah, Klopp said it the other day. He didn't want Nunes out left. Nunes just appears to be everywhere. He's great fun. At one stage, he's missing an open goal where he hits the post. Then he's intercepting the ball as a centre half then he's scoring from a, a corner so wh- whatever people think of him he is all action and I think he's only going to get better uh, The diamond gives you Mo Salah through the middle as well which yeah. obviously is important Makes your midfield more compact Did which they play against Ajax during the week? They did uh, not for the whole game and uh, f- for the first 20 minutes Liverpool were open 
and I exit the post after a couple of minutes yeah. it could have been a different story because we know you know yourself David as soon as Liverpool concede then it's almost like the shoulders slump a bit and they're thinking here we go again we have to do the hard work but they've shown pretty much this season once they score first they win the game yeah I mean uh, the, the one thing I think we, we, we you know we've got to touch on is that that pass from Henderson you know because I know Jordan when he's in or out the team but he's played that same pass that outside of the boot pass that's the second time now that that has been an incredible pass. Do you remember the other one was against United? Same player as well, yeah. Yeah, to, to Salah. And, you know, he, he is sort of, I, I, I don't know, he, his passing is, uh, is just, has really come on. You know, well, come on is the wrong word. You know, but he's, he's, he has shown a, a range to his passing that maybe people might not have, thought he had you know brilliant outside of the ball outside of the boot pass to to Salah to put him through look the diamond has its, has its strengths and weaknesses I've played in a diamond before it gets you two strikers um, I like Salah more centrally um, you know so that gets him maybe in the game a little bit more Nunes is full of running so you need two two really athletic strikers it also gets you a talented sort of creative player and Firmino can play that role but it means the outside of the diamond have got to work really really hard and at times you can obviously be exploited in those wide areas there's, there's often an awful lot of space um, I don't know whether they'll play that, that way against Leeds uh, uh, like, like tomorrow but I think it was good for example that um, that uh, Trent was back in the team because I think not starting him against Forest I thought was a mistake. I said that last week. Um, he should have started him because against a side that sits in and defends, I think you'll need his his creativity in, in the fullback areas. But um, yeah, I think I think I think Liverpool will win here because I think Leeds look like they're in really really deep trouble. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. We've seen Forest obviously double down and, and give their struggling manager a new contract and stick with him. We've seen Leicester probably because they have to stick with their manager, stick with him, and, and they've got an uptick in results. Could Leeds double down and stick with Jesse Marsh, or is this time to cut bait? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I think that's um, you know when I look at the game last week against Fulham, I mean it was a it was a brilliant game, end to end. It could have gone either way. Leeds had loads of chances themselves, but um, you know Bamford had that sort of one on one. But I, I I don't know. I think I think I think as everyone is is feeling now that that it's going to be difficult for for Jesse Marsh to continue, and and I think Leeds are going uh, Liverpool are going to win here. So that looks like it's going to be another defeat I, I, I don't know I just I can't see it turning around for Jesse there I mean two points from nine games if they lose tomorrow it's a lot and isn't it like, it's a, it's you a lot think to back to like when they beat Chelsea 3-0 at Ellen Road you're thinking maybe like the fact that they stayed up in such miraculous circumstances on the final day last season and then they start this season well they've actually in fairness they have signed some good players yeah that so if maybe that's all the more reason to get somebody in who might be able to do something better with them yeah I, I watch them sometimes I watch them against Palace where they started really well they got a goal they didn't get their second goal and then when Palace equalised they just seemed to it just knocked their confidence and Palace went on to win the game but it just seems that they're it's all energy they're still with that approach obviously they don't go man for man the way Bielsa did but they don't score enough goals and they're not good enough for the back that was always a problem with Bielsa but yeah, it doesn't okay. matter who plays in central defence they've got mistakes in them uh, Manchester United against West Ham is on Sunday this is on Sky Sports at 4.15 what was your uh, stat about David Moyes? I'm just saying David Moyes has never won away at a big 
a big ground like the likes of a, an Old Trafford or an Anfield and even they went to Anfield last week and they had a chance they they missed a penalty they put Liverpool under serious pressure for the last 20 minutes but it's how they start the game it's very much let's not lose and I mean that's a long run for a manager of such experience and to have so many games under his belt that he hasn't got a signature win at one of those big games or big rounds even yeah you know if it was a couple of times David you'd say well that's kind of an interesting coincidence but over a long long period of time where you've been in, in charge of really good teams yeah I mean I think what I would say is their victory they, the, against Bournemouth was absolutely massive you know I worked on that game they were 17th going into that game and you know his demeanour David Moyes you, you could tell this was a massive massive game for them they had to win they had to win that otherwise you know, the week would be looking an awful lot different. As it is, they were excellent. Um, they got three points. They obviously backed that up again the other night, got another got another victory. So they're going into this game in a completely different mindset. And if they play like they did against Bournemouth, I mean, uh, you know, Suchek was, was attacking the box really well. Um, Antonio came on. I thought Skamaka was disappointing. I, I thought he had a really poor game. But if he plays Antonio... Uh, you know, this is going to be a difficult one for United. This is not. This is definitely not a straightforward one. If they'd have lost that Bournemouth game, it would have been completely different. Because even even then, a victory in the Europa League wouldn't really do much to the confidence. You know, going into the league knowing that they're struggling so badly. As it is now, they're in the top ten. Two wins in a week. Tough game for United now. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, no, I'd agree with David. It is a tough game, and that both games last season were settled very late on United scored late winners and I would imagine look he will, we know how David Moyes is going to set up he's basically United's best performances this season have been against teams that have given them a bit of space so he's going to try and obviously take that away and I, I think he would be wise to start Antonio and just his power and pace on the break and just that hold up play get him isolated against Martinez so he can he can bully him um, now I think Martinez has learnt a fair bit quickly in the in the Premier League that you know he's not going to try and get into a one on one battle with Antonio you give him his space and kick, kick the opposition early seems to be one of his yeah. tactics he's good at that it's worked for him so far <laughs> yeah he's been but he's been excellent but unfortunately Varane we, we always felt with Varane he's just it's borrowed time whenever he's playing yeah and now you're probably thinking Lindelof will probably start um, Harry Maguire did feature last night in the Europa League but you would still probably prefer to have Lindelof in there yeah. instead of Maguire Casemiro what impact does he have on the team? Um, I mean the the goal obviously was massive last week but he's, just, he's a big game player like he's he, I think he certainly fits for what United need right now Yeah. Um, I, I think some people would have criticised the signing at the time because it's not forward planning but sometimes you do need yeah. seasoned pros and when I say seasoned pros this guy is a multiple Champions League winner Yeah, and people will say well if he's so good why are Real Madrid letting him go the price was just too good to turn down for Real Madrid he'd still be playing for Real Madrid if United didn't come in but he definitely adds uh, the experience and um, yeah Real Madrid get to sign the player for the future because they already have a squad where they're not desperate yeah. Manchester United were absolutely desperate and they had yeah. to sign somebody like him so I, I think you know in those cases sometimes you make really bad decisions but they've made a good decision here with him and he's having a knock on impact on everybody around him as well so um, it's a tough game are you predicting a win for Manchester United both of you in the end like is that what you think yeah I think they they could still leak it out but 
I, I'd be, I don't think it's going to be a free-flowing game, but I still, I still think United are going to eke it out and I would imagine Ronaldo goes back to being on the bench. I know he scored last night, but he wasn't very good. No, he's done. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, he, he didn't uh, He didn't take a few chances and even the, the, the one he put away, the keeper saves it and look, all good strikers follow it up and he, he did that, but he just looked very frustrated. There you go. All right, we'll leave it there. David Connolly, Phil Egan, thanks very much. The football kickoff is with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. We'll see you next Friday at half 11. Take care. The football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports.